Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Hey, everyone. Are we one step closer to getting our fair share of federal dollars in the Houston area? Plus, who is Macaroni Tony and why did he get beat up at the Galleria? And all this heat isn't just draining us, it's actually impacting our physical health. Producer Carleon Jones breaks down these stories and more with our firecracker personality, Antrichel Nova, and Pulitzer Prize finalist, Evan Mintz. It's Friday, August 18, 2023. I'm Rahil Ramzanli, and here's what Houston's talking about. It's Friday, y'all, and I am so happy we made it to the end of the week. I got Evan and Antrichel with me, of course. How are y'all this morning? What's up? Happy Friday. How's it going? It's going good. It's going good. Okay, y'all. So I saw Raheel tweet this last night and it got me wondering. And so I wanted to ask y'all, what is the craziest thing that you've asked for or requested while sitting at a restaurant? (laughs) So listen, it's not crazy (laughs) to me, Mm -hmm. but... This is what I do every time I go to a restaurant, especially when I'm doing breakfast or brunch. I ask for coffee. That's not the crazy thing. But I always ask for sugar. And everybody points to the sugar packets on the table. And I go, no, thank you. Sugar Mm -hmm. packets, the sugar inside the packets tastes like paper. Can you please? (laughs) Right? So I always ask them for a bowl of granulated sugar and they always look at me upside my head like, what? And I say, Mm -hmm. the sugar you cook with, baby. So they have to bring (laughs) me a bowl, a cup. Some people don't believe the hype of how much sugar I put in my coffee. So I Mm -hmm. always say a bowl and they always give me like a little condiment cup of sugar and I every time they bring it I said now bring me FOMO (laughs) a bowl of sugar did you hear what I said a bowl of sugar listen I like coffee with my sugar you understand leave me alone (laughs) I kind of get it you go to Starbucks and you get your sweet drink and you look at like what's in it is a lot of sugar there's sugar sugar. in those drinks when you try to make your own you're going to put sugar in it yeah Yeah. I like sugar too I like a sweet coffee but I don't know about that much like that's like diabetes that's that's a little scary that is so rude don't judge me This is why I don't use, that's the reason number two why I don't use the packets because the packets let you guys know how much Mm -hmm. sugar I use. I legit use 13 packs of sugar, but anyway. (gasps) Oh my God. Hush. Okay. Okay. Wait. (laughs) That's just impressive. That's like you and Barry Allen, the flash drink like that. Mm, Yeah, it's crazy. (laughs) Okay, Evan, what about you? What's the craziest thing you do at a restaurant? You know, I always try to be really nice to the restaurants. I yield to them. They're the experts. So, however they bring out the food, I'll eat it. But whenever I order eggs for breakfast, I get them over medium. Not easy, not hard, medium. Mm. And it's hard to get it just right. Uh, And I'll just sometimes get frustrated if they're not getting them that sort of perfect thickness to the yolk. 
Okay. Okay. Mm. So y'all aren't that bad, honestly. Like, I feel like people request way crazier things. I'm not a terrible person either because, like you said, you got to be nice to people at restaurants. You do not want them to spit in your food. So Mm-mm. I always, I'm super nice, but I do feel like I send them to the back a lot to get stuff because I'll keep forgetting stuff. So I'll be like, uh, can you go get that sauce or can you... <laughs> Can you bring that to the table? (laughs) But like, yeah, I try to be really nice. But if my friend's food is like wrong and if I have one of those friends that is like, oh, I don't I don't want to say anything about it. I will be the person to say something about it because I believe if you pay for something, you should be satisfied with it. So that's my thing. Agreed. Okay, so let's hop into some news. Let's start with you, Shell. What was your biggest story? Y'all, the biggest story has kept me up. Right. And I've been following this story since 2016. And that's the Antonio A.J. Armstrong Jr. case. He has been found guilty of murdering his parents and sentenced to Mm. life in prison. If you do not know the story of A.J. Armstrong in 2016. He was a teenager. He woke up, found his parents murdered. Um, He and his little sister found their parents dead. Police came in. He started telling his story. They put him in custody and said he killed them. Um, Mm. And it has been going on since he was 16 years old. He's now 23 years old and he has been tried and convicted. This is the third time they've opened this case and they have now sentenced him to life in prison. Um, Mm. There is a 2020 story on this and it just has me in knots because I am just so sad because even then they did not have enough evidence to try him as the killer. There was also a note that was left. (sighs) I'm so upset. There was also a note that was left by the microwave downstairs that said, I've been watching. And there was blood on it from the parents. Mm. But I do feel like everybody should go back and look at this. And you might have a different view on the case as well, but my heart is broken. My stomach is in knots because this young man, since he was 16 years old, has been in the hands of the system. They were also trying to say his older brother may have been the um, killer because they were having issues. He was he was mentally ill, but everybody has ruled that his brother's mental illness was actually one of the reasons why they don't think he did it. So. There were a Mm. lot of things that happened Um, in this case. I encourage everybody to go read up on it. There are a lot, a lot of things. And I'm just really upset because uh, we have been waiting for years to figure out what was going to happen in this case. And it did not turn out in AJ's favor. Mm -hmm. So what was the main thing that they felt like made them close this case and say that it was him? The main thing was the security alarm. Mm-hmm. The alarm was having issues and they were stating that it, it it was an alarm issue and it was saying that the alarm was already on. But in order for AJ to get out the door to let the police in, he had to turn off the alarm. And that was a big thing about the alarm. Uh, they went back to some former text messages when AJ was into it having a teenage fit with him and his mom and he was saying she caught him in a lie about something with the alarm and Mm -hmm. he responded to the mom the alarm doesn't lie you lie so it was a big Mm -hmm. deal about the alarm and they just harped on the alarm situation and that was like the main thing that they stuck with but uh yeah 
So that's wow. That's where we are. Has anybody been keeping up with that case? Do y'all know anything about it? Your thoughts? I just think it's astounding that these cases take forever to resolve. And you have to try them over and over again. We see this in murder trials all across Harris County. And it's just, uh, I think that the longer these things take, they get drawn out. They become controversial. We need to have quick justice here. Yeah, I have seen some things about it. And I just hope that they actually, you know, got justice for these people and that they're not just putting the wrong person in prison. Was there anybody else that they suspected of this besides him and his older brother? No, no one. Wow. Okay. No one, no one else, no. And the no. motive was just, I'm mad at my parents. It, it, right. And they were like, well, you were in there. Okay. And and you asked earlier, you know, what was the main decision of why they trying him? And like I stated, it was the alarm system. It was text mm-hmm. message between AJ and his family, specifically his mother. Um, He had a carpet burn. AJ got kicked out of private school. AJ was smoking marijuana. And they were saying that his brother's mental health uh, was it stable enough to commit a crime? So he may have been having just a teenage moment, but they have mm-hmm. taken that and put it into he's a murderer. That's such a crazy story. Okay, Evan, let's get to you. What is your biggest story this week? Oh, I think the biggest story this week is the news that the Fair for Houston campaign has made the ballot for the November election. For those who don't know, Fair for Houston is trying to get the city of Houston to demand that the Galveston-Houston Area Council reformed the way it works to have proportional representation. The HGAC takes down federal dollars and distributes it to all of the local governments across the region. But just one problem, Houston isn't getting our fair share. For example, out of the nearly $500 million that they received to deal with storm mitigation, Houston got just 2%. Houston and the unincorporated Harris County have 57% of the regional population, but only 11% of the votes on the council. We are routinely getting screwed out of dollars that we deserve and need. So this campaign has decided to just focus on making sure that Houston will not be part of any organization that doesn't have proportional representation, that doesn't give us our fair share. And while a lot of focus is on the mayoral election, the city council election, all those other things, Changing the way the HGAC works can have much broader, more long-lasting effect on the way that Houston looks and acts. Mm -hmm. So if we get the representation that we actually need on that council, what kind of effects will it have on Houston as a whole? Like what kind of changes will we see? You'll probably see us getting a lot more money for flood dollars. You'll probably also see more funding for local infrastructure projects that can have a big economic effect even if they don't necessarily affect a whole lot of people or a whole lot of traffic in proportion to, say, big interstate rural roads. Mm-hmm. For example, uh, there's a proposal to redo Lower Westheimer, narrow four lanes down to two lanes, add dedicated bus stops, expand the sidewalks, really turn the area into a more walkable sort of place. It seemed like a pretty straightforward proposal, the sort of thing you would want to do, and the sort of thing that could really spur a lot more growth, a lot more pedestrian traffic, but it didn't get support from the HGAC. And mm-hmm. it's kind of understandable because why would a bunch of guys out in Liberty County care about this? Yeah. But if you live in the city of Houston, if you live in Harris County, you know this is a critical corridor and a critical commercial center as well. Mm-hmm. It did not have too big of a price tag, but they still wouldn't give it to us. It sort of feels like that pigs get fat and hogs get slaughtered. HGAC it was stopped being a pig and started being a hog. And now Houston is bringing out the sharp knives. Now, I have to say that you got me as soon as you said more money for floods, because 
We flood so much down here. Oh my gosh. We have this problem years and years and years and years. And it's like, we haven't been able to completely fix it. So having more money towards finding solutions would be amazing. Just that right there should be a game changer. I would hope so. I'm just going to say that so far, there is no organized opposition within the city of Houston, mm-hmm. and we'll see how this goes. But I'm pretty optimistic about it passing because I think Democrats and Republicans alike can say that Houston deserves our fair share. Yes, I completely agree. Completely agree. Okay, so my biggest story is about the water for migrants that has went missing near the border. Now, we are in one of the worst heat waves on record. And this is not just in Texas. This is across the southern United States this summer. And barrels of life-saving water have gone missing along the border. They just kind of vanished. Basically, um, a volunteer for one of the human rights groups that puts these water barrels out uh, strategically to help people who are traveling across the border vanished. It just like... The volunteer came forward and said that this water just vanished. He went and looked and reported that 12 of the 21 stations he maintains regularly are no longer there. And I just feel like this is like foul play, which is that's nothing new at the border. I mean, we know that it's always foul things going on down there. But it's just like at this point, they act as if these are not people. They act right. as if these are not lives at, at stake, like people that don't mm-hmm. have families, kids that love them. Like, it's kind of scary how they're trying to be on, like, keeping them away from a better life. It's scary and it's sad. It, it's really, really sad at, at the way that they're being treated. How does water go away? Like, that's a life's necessity. Mm-hmm. It, it's, a, it's a necessity. Even when they were looting, in Hurricane Katrina, at least they were passing out water. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I really think that something about the border rhetoric does something to people's brains where it shuts them down. It shuts down their hearts. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. folks like to say that they like legal immigration, not illegal immigration. But plenty of these folks have legal claims for asylum. I think that America really is built on this idea of people coming here from across the world. You know, anytime Mm -hmm. I see these pictures of folks on the border, it's families, it's women, it's children. You know, the the political rhetoric says that this is an invasion. What are we being invaded by? And I think worst of all, too, is this focus on these cruel tactics distract from the actual policies that we would need to go after cartels, Mm -hmm. to stop the flow of drugs, Mm -hmm. to build a safer border. Uh, But the focus on trying to inflict cruelty puts all of our... uh, efforts in the wrong direction. And it Mm -hmm. turns us into something that may make for good headlines for partisan actors, but it doesn't make for good policy. Mm -hmm. And it just makes us look like the bad guys. And I don't like being the bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, they say that it's all about like the cartels and trying to keep that away. And I just don't see that as being what the actual problem is. I think that you're just trying to keep everybody away because like the people that are in these border crises and that are there that are actually really trying to get across, they are not coming across to try to come and sell drugs or anything like that in this country. They're literally coming because they want a chance at life. That's what I see Mm -hmm. it as. Everybody has a different opinion, of course, and everybody's entitled to that completely. But I just hate seeing so many people dying for no reason, like from true cruelty. Like it's evil to take away water when it's been 110 degrees outside. That is crazy. Like, yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm going to get off my soapbox. Okay, y'all.
Let's move into the next thing. So what was the most overlooked story for you this week, Antrichelle? The most overlooked story for me has been the beating of Houston legend Macaroni Tony. If you do not Mm. know who Macaroni Tony is, uh, Macaroni Tony is (laughs) a down south pimp who walks around (laughs) Houston. He's always at all the urban night spots. You know, he's there. He's, uh, you know, whatever night spot is popping, he's there. He has a feather. He's in his pimp suit. He has his pimp cup and he's just there. Macaroni Tony Mm -hmm. is old, so he has grown with us. He doesn't bother anybody, but um, he was beaten um, last week at the Galleria and it was on tape and it has gone viral now Mm -hmm. according to the victims macaroni tony was standing as he does and he had his feather and he was waving at the girls with the feather as he does but if you're not from here which these people weren't i can see why this would be an issue uh he was waving at the girls with the feather and uh the young lady and her little sister called their father and said there's this man over here trying to touch us with the feather then the story came that he was trying to touch their butt with the feather and then it turned into he was trying to recruit the 13-year-old girl. So the story changed three times. But all in mm-hmm. all, when the father caught Wind, who was also in the mall, uh, he didn't ask any questions. He attacked. He attacked oh, wow. Macaroni Tony, beat him profusely. And it wasn't just the father who beat him. It was the mother. It was the young 18-year-old young lady uh, mm. and a couple of children as well. So it was a free-for-all on Macaroni Tony. And I am irritated by this because I'm not saying that let's just say Macaroni Tony did do this okay let's say he did and I'm and I wasn't there so I'm this is why I'm speaking on both sides the punishment still doesn't fit the crime you call the authorities this is in public Mm -hmm. right you do not take matters into your own hands you don't. Yeah. You don't take matters to your own hands. So I'm I'm very irritated by this because I don't know how old Macaron Tony is, is, but he's an old man. He did not deserve this to be beaten in this manner. That's all that's that's all I have to say about that. I feel like that I've learned something about Houston in all this reporting. I mm-hmm. did not know about Macaroni Tony until this report. <laughs> until really? this news. <laughs> it's a little slice of Houston that I was unaware of and I'm just kind of you know, it's not a happy story, but I'm glad I've learned something. I think, yeah. you know, there's two sides to it, too. One is that uh, resorting to violence in public is never a good idea. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to leave that to the authorities. Maybe you want to defend yourself or something, but no. Right. I'll, like, I'll say this, like with Macaroni Tony, I've seen him out so many times. And one thing I always wonder is like, how does he have so many suits? Because when I tell you, <laughs> I've never seen him repeat a suit in my life. Like it's always, Never. it could be a purple one. It could be white. It could be yellow. It could be whatever. But he always has a feather match and he doesn't really talk much to people. He kind of just walks he around. He doesn't talk. Yeah, and swings the feather around and, you know, he might, like, come near you a little bit. But I've never seen him just, like, do anything disrespectful to people. So, I mean, like like you said, we weren't there, so we don't know exactly what happened. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, like, I don't know. I've never seen him disrespect anybody. So, I'm sad that an old man got beat up 
probably because of a misunderstanding, honestly, you know, a misunderstanding and uh, something that the part of the culture that they are not used to, that people are not used to. Right. You know, with the age of social media, he is now a legend. Mm -hmm. He has an Instagram account now. He's able Mm -hmm. to make money off of. You know who he has been all of these years. I remember macaroni told for my prom in nineteen ninety nine. Oh, you really? know, with the feather. <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> wow. He's you been know, doing this for years. <laughs> He's been doing this for a long, long time. Okay, that's and, funny. But so to see this, you know that that's not. It's sad. I'm yeah. sad about it. I'm sad. They definitely took it far. Okay, Evan. What about you? What was your overlook story this week? Oh, my overlooked story was the redistricting trial happening in Galveston. Uh, for those who don't know, the case Petaway versus Galveston County dates back to the 2021 redistricting plan, which would discriminate against the county's black and Latino voters. Mm. Black and Latinos are nearly 40% of the county's total population. And under the status quo, they have one seat in commissioner's court following mm. what's required by the Voting Rights Act. However, the Supreme Court has weakened that severely. And changes that used to require preclearance from the federal government now can be done and you have to sue afterwards. And Commissioner's Court voted to enact a redistricting plan that would crack up the black and Latino voters, spread them across all four precincts and dilute their voting power. You know, for the last 40 years, anything like this was basically impossible to do without thumbs up from the Department of Justice. But now we're seeing it happen all across the country. It is depressing, but I'm glad that we're having trials over it and hopefully we'll get a good answer. Mm-hmm. I hope that we get an answer too, because it's like representation. People have to understand representation is so important for mm-hmm. everyone. Like mm-hmm. it is so important to have somebody to be a voice for you. So I'm glad that they're finally doing something about this and getting it to trial so that we can maybe see a difference sometime soon. Mm-hmm. And it's just one vote out of five. It's not as if they're changing the uh, the seats to give themselves a majority. Mm-hmm. They're moving from 4-1 to 5-0. Okay. What's wrong with having that one? Isn't it good to have a voice that provides an alternative perspective? There's mm-hmm. something healthy in that. And when you want to quash all alternative perspectives, that feels dangerous. Mm-hmm. It reminds me, this is completely like different but it reminds me of i don't know if y'all remember like maybe a couple years ago there was a kid uh a black kid they put him in like a monkey shirt um yeah and it was yes. yes it was a really popular um h&m like, high, h&m okay h&m mm-hmm. did this and i felt like that was something that happened because they didn't have the right people in those seats to tell them that this Absolutely. is inappropriate and so that's why in, like having representation on board for any position like outside of government also, but any position is important. So yeah, you can have people to be like, yeah, this is not okay. You're going to get backlash from this. This is not okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're going to get into my most overlooked story, which also has to do with the heat again. Um, <laughs> but this time it's about the heat waves causing people to have elevated risk of heart attacks. Yeah, this is scary, y'all. So the Cron did a story featuring a man named John Longoria, who was ex- experiencing a heart attack that they believe was from him mowing his lawn that morning. That's crazy. He mowed his lawn for about 30 minutes and then had to be taken. Well, he took himself to the hospital because he was having a heart attack. Now, this is not something that's uncommon. The high temperatures are endangering a lot of people, but it's especially bad for older people who have underlying cardiovascular disease. Um, 
it's getting super scary because the rate of heart-related emergency room visits has surpassed a thousand during the first week of August, okay? The first week. And this is according to the CDC. On top of that, this is double the rate that was in the same time frame in 2022 and more than triple the rate that was in 2019. That is crazy, y'all. Like that is showing you how hot it is and how it's actually affecting people because you know, we're normally just like, oh, we're drained. You want to go in the house? Like, it's too hot. But it's, no, this is way worse than what we're thinking. And it's you know, scary. You hear about, like, yeah, you hear about uh, snowstorms causing heart attacks. You see these spike in heart attacks around snowstorms because people go outside, they start shoveling snow. Mm-hmm. They're not used to the rigorous activity. Their bodies can't take it. But this idea of heart attacks around hot weather is something new. I have never heard of this before. And this may be the future we are headed for. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. You guys, I'm scared because I took my baby to, to Chipotle and we just got out the car. We were drenched. It was 108 degrees. Mm-hmm. 108 yeah. degrees. So just imagine if I'm having a hard time going to Chipotle, cutting mm-hmm. the grass in 100. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Come on, y'all. We got to stay in the house. We don't need to be outside no more. Outside is closed. Let's just close outside till this heat go down, okay? <laughs> yeah, because they're saying that we right, we were likely to not see much of a difference for the next few weeks. It's still probably going to be super hot, as we know, because it's Texas. Mm-hmm. And heart disease has contributed to six out of the 10 heat-related deaths in Harris County. And they said this is likely an undercount. So just watch out, pay attention to what you're doing and make sure that you're drinking plenty of cold water and yeah. staying out mm-hmm. the heat as much as possible. Please, please. Okay, let's get into some joy, y'all. What do you have going on, Aunt Shell, that is bringing you joy? I can't put it like this. This is a moment of joy, but I can't be happy because <sighs> I'm sad. I'm happy, okay. but I'm sad. It's bittersweet. My darling, only begotten son, Axum Nova, is turning five years old, and I can't take it. I can't. (laughs) This is good news, Aunt (laughs) Rochelle. Whatever. You good. Wait till you get. Don't. Listen. They tell you all the time they grow up fast, right? But Mm -hmm. I did. I am so sad because I feel like I was robbed as a mother. I was given a genius child who was speaking sign language at two hours old. This is not an exaggeration because I was like, what the hell is he doing? And and he <laughs> was speaking sign language, saying more, more, more. And I said, how did he know to do that? Right. <laughs> to fast forward to him um, speaking his first words at four months old to three weeks later, him climbing out of the crib after watching Boss Baby with the Aww. with the babysitter to cussing us out at 13 months old to, oh you know, reading on a third grade level at two years old. I did not get a baby. And now he's five <laughs> and he's going to kindergarten. And I am in shambles, ladies and gentlemen. I am in shambles. And I feel like I need to have another baby. But but I'm, what I'm going to do with this genius boy, right? Mm-hmm. So that's my joy for the week. Axum Nova, my only begotten son, is turning five. And yeah, y'all be happy because I'm not. 
Happy birthday to your baby, of course. But yeah, have another one. Just have another baby and then Axum will be able to be a great like extra parent because he's already advanced enough that it's, it's no big brother at this point. It's the extra parent. No. The- <laughs> well, listen, Axum Nova has already told me it don't work like that. He don't want another no. sibling. He don't want a sibling. He said it don't work like that. He the only baby in the house and that's it. But he don't tell oh, me wow. what to do. So yeah, so listen, that's it. <laughs> I've never heard a baby be like, no, don't bring another one. <laughs> I will send you the video. I will send the video to okay. you because it's not a game. And he's serious. <laughs> oh, wow. That is so funny. Okay. Yeah, I need to see this video. <laughs> okay, Evan, what about you? What's bringing you joy this week? Oh, what brings me joy is seeing the news that a Republican judge is dropping his challenge to the ongoing uh, election lawsuit. I just have to say brings me joy, a smile to my face, to see a little sanity in the moment. Dan Spute, <laughs> who lost his race in 2022 <laughs> by more than 24,000 votes, has said that he no longer desires to continue his lawsuit against the election. And thank God. We Good. have just wrapped up the first trial, which was basically someone getting up on the stand, making some crazy claims about false votes or untrackable votes, and then the representative from the county getting up and asking, well, are these stats reliable? And I'm going, well, no, not really. <laughs> and I just want to see a return to normalcy. I really do. Republicans lost. They can try to win again next time. But I don't think that Alexandra Mueller's constant, bizarre conspiratorial claims are going to do anything to help them in that next election. Mm -hmm. It makes them look more Trumpian, not less Trumpian, which is what they would need to do to win. (laughs) I'm happy to hear about this too, because, you know, like I said, I call this the conspiracy theory of the year, because yeah, they had nothing to go off of with this. So I'm happy that, you, like you said, somebody's having some common sense and just letting it go. Just let it go. Let it go. <laughs> yeah, just let it go. You got to be Please. a good winner in this stuff. Don't be a sore loser, okay? Yes. I see lots of Democrats lose lots of elections in my lifetime. They mm-hmm. get mad. They bang the table. They mutter to themselves. Maybe they make some crazy claims. I think we heard some of them after 2004. But stuff happens. You know, you lose one yeah. year, you win the next. You got to keep moving. And the way that some of these Republican candidates are so hung up on losing an election, which I think was pretty clear they were going to lose. It's a blue county. It was a good year for Democrats. Mm -hmm. Like, I just can't figure out what world they are living in. Yeah. It's just like, hey, y'all, go home to your families and have time with them and enjoy it. Like, leave it alone. So Yeah. We'll like, go back to your jobs, go back to your families and just chill a little bit and then keep just your eyes back. on the next election cycle. And you just got to keep working at it. You got to keep your eye on the prize, not get hung up on the past. Mm-hmm. Right. Just yeah. try again. If at first you don't succeed. Amen. Try again. Yeah. Get back up and try again. Okay, y'all. <laughs> so my moment of joy is that I'm going on vacation to Cabo San Lucas, Mexico. And I cannot Ooh. wait, y'all. Ooh. I'm 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 leaving in the morning and I'm so excited to get on vacation because you know, if you know me, anything about Carly, Carly loves to get on a plane and go on vacation. Now, this is my first time going to um, like an all-inclusive resort. So I'll tell you how all of that goes um, when I get back. But I'm really excited. I'm going to be gone for like six days. So, ooh. Can't wait to hear about it. Yeah. And I'm excited because this is like my first trip with like some girls that I've basically known since I was like a kid. Like literally have known the birthday girl. Her name is Zaria. Shout out to you, Zaria. Um, since we were like 
seven or eight. So this is going to be like country girls going out of the country together. And I'm excited about it, y'all. That's going to be fun. Ooh, mm-hmm. Enjoy. Thank you. Okay, y'all. This was super fun. I had a great time. Some great stories. I learned a lot. Um, so thank y'all for coming on. And I'll see y'all next week. All right. Peace, everybody. Talk to y'all later. That was producer Carleon Jones. And girl, enjoy that trip to Cabo with Antrichelle Nova and Evan Mintz. All the stories they discuss are linked in our show notes. Before we go, I just want to say thank you to every listener for giving CityCast Houston a try. If you're enjoying the show, please share it with your friends and family so we can continue to grow it. Thank you so much. That will do it for this week here on CityCast Houston. Our lead producer is Dina Kespa. Our producer is Carleon Jones. Our newsletter editor is Brooke Lewis. And the host is me, Raheel Ramzanali. Our music is by the band All The Kimonos. We'll be back on Monday with a look at what you need to do right now with your home insurance before hurricane season really gets going. Thank you for listening, and I hope you learned something new. My head was hurting so bad because I got braids yesterday. Oh, my God. I wanted to cry. Girl, you know you're supposed to get your braids two weeks before you leave. (laughs) You got to do that all sheen where you go and spray them down with that all sheen. Yeah. (laughs) Evan, what you put on your braids, Evan? What you put on your braids? Oh, I I just put in, you know, hair regrowth tonic. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm just trying to keep what I got.